Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Bootcast with Irish Bootstrapper. I'm your host Eugene Devereaux and this is Series 4, Episode 7. Joining me in the hot seat today is a girl all the way from the US of A. She was once dubbed as the female Michael Phelps. She's an Olympic swimmer and is somebody who had to completely turn their life around in a different direction and all with the sacrifice of that gold medal at the Olympics. She's lived to tell the tale and has recently just launched her own book as well. And it's an absolute pleasure and privilege of mine to welcome her to the bootcast in this one, Chasing Gold with US Olympian Katie Hoff. So hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Bootcast. Joining me today, I'm absolutely delighted and privileged to have Miss Katie Hoff on the show. So Katie, thanks a million for coming on the show. And (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Katie Hoff. I guess you could have Anderson. I was married uh, about five years ago, but go by Katie Hoff. And yeah, just delighted to be here and chatting with you and talking with everybody else. Cool. Thanks a million. So Getting straight into it then. So what, what's, your, what's your profession now and what, what do you kind of do now? And then we'll, we'll go back to where it all began. Yeah. Yeah. So nowadays I give uh, motivational speeches. Um, I actually have a book coming out in November. So I'm really excited about that. Um, so yeah, really, really looking forward to kind of spreading my message. Uh, the book's called Blueprint. And so that's definitely been taking up a lot of my time of getting that ready to go for Black Friday. And, and so let's go back then. So what are you known for then? What's, what's your. Yeah, I say I've known, I mean, I'm definitely known as an Olympian. Um, so two-time Olympian, three-time Olympic medalists behind me. Um, and definitely known as a very versatile swimmer. I was an IMer and also swam freestyle uh, and swam, I would say, Maybe people can argue this before and I was definitely seen as like the decathlon of swimming in terms of toughness and strategy. And so I definitely like having that uh, kind of the toughness piece, piece attached to my name, hopefully. <laughs> I, I see on your on your medal rack, uh, Relentless. So that's that's obviously. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's definitely I actually gave a, um, a TED talk about that. Uh, you know, I think that's a lot of my career, you know, as anyone's career, but I, I definitely was faced with a lot of ups and downs. And so what I found really allowed me to keep pushing forward was that relentless spirit, that relentless mentality that I always have of, you know, keep continuing to keep going and keep that consistency, even when times were tough and um, just got to keep picking, picking yourself back up. <laughs> Super. So two times Olympian, three times medalist, former world record holder as well obviously to get to these heights, you, you need to start somewhere. And like, where did it all begin for you? Or when did you start taking swimming seriously? Yeah, I started swimming when I was five years old, but I would say I didn't really find that, you know, kind of next gear or competitive streak until I was about nine, which I know people laugh at me. They're like, okay, nine years old, that's super young. Uh, but I think, yeah, I had this obsession where, I mean, it went from, you know, playing board games to my brother, with my brother to everything in the pool and really became kind of obsessed with my uh, process with every single detail. And that's really how I continue to get better and develop and, and make my first team at 15. At 15. Wow. Good. And then kind of move, moving on then to, so to like reaching, I suppose your first key milestone of, of setting your world record. What, what, like what, what did it feel like to, to do that, to, 
Oh my gosh. It felt like the stars were all aligning. I think, um, you know, a world record for me was feeling like I was conquering the event, which again, it was in the 400 I am. And, you know, three years prior at my first Olympic games, it, you know, it was, it was a rough, rocky start to my Olympic debut. And I felt like that event had kind of owned me and conquered me. And so to come back three years later, such a different swimmer, more confident, more strategic, more seasoned, and to be able to break that world record of the world championships, it's mm. still one of, I mean, still my favorite race, just because it was kind of like that first moment where I pushed past and overcame and um, really, really a sense of pride. Yeah. And like, what what did you learn about yourself from, from that then? Like, did, did that kind of confirm, okay, I'm, I'm ready to kind of move on to something bigger or was it like? Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think the biggest thing for me, you know, 2004, I didn't have a great breakout meet at my first Olympic games. And then, you know, I turned professional at 16. And so I think it was kind of building, you know, my momentum, you know, I saw my really great world championships in 2005 and kind of kept that momentum heading into 2008. So being able to break that world record was, was awesome. It was, it was almost like a cherry on top of like, okay, yes, I can do this. And um, really allowed me to have that lights out confidence heading into the second Olympiad. Okay. At one point, the media referred to you as the female Michael Phelps. Did you feel a certain pressure on you then at, you know, at this point that you, you had to live up to, or these were big boots to fill? Definitely. Yeah. I, I think, you know, it was kind of like a double-edged sword, right? It was definitely, I mean, hundred percent an honor to even be in that realm and, and being thought of that way. But at the same time, I wasn't in a position to win eight gold medals. I wasn't aiming to win eight gold medals. And so, you know, I think it was really challenging because at the time it framed my Olympic games in 2008 as a failure, you know, to come away with three medals in a lot of people's opinion would, would be a great accomplishment. But for me personally, you know, obviously I wanted to win an individual gold medal and, and when that didn't happen, and then, you know, the snowball effect of the media kind of came crashing down, uh, it was really tough. And so, um, you know, I think now looking back, I'm able to have an appreciation for what I accomplished. I'm able to see it in a different light, uh, but it was definitely a, a challenge at the time. Mm. And so like m missing out on, on your need, as, as you say, um, I saw one of your Ted talks recently and, you know, how, how did that affect you at the time? Like, was it, was it an all or nothing? I didn't get the gold. Did you feel that you performed to the best that you could have at the time or? Yeah, I mean, I think mixed emotions, you know, obviously for me, my need was feeling extraordinary that came in the form of winning Olympic medals, breaking American records, breaking world records. There's just kind of that one last box that I, I didn't, you know, unfortunately get to check. But I think, you know, now looking back, having written my book, having some self-reflection, you know, it's, it's more about, a lot of times it's more about what you pick up on the way to that goal, right? So you set a big goal, yeah. you're having developed all these skill sets, um, you know, all of these qualities in order to attain that. And that's now kind of what I'm able to see of, okay, wow, like look at all these things I was able to do, I was able to develop, it's made me into the person I am today. Yes, there will always be a little bit of a sting because of course I still would have loved to accomplish that, but I'm kind of now able to put it in perspective and, and yeah. understand the magnitude of what I did accomplish. I will say at the time, yes, very devastating and took me 
took me years to be able to kind of mm. reframe that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you know, some, sometimes when we achieve a goal, we can feel this anticlimax that we've, we've reached a peak um, and we don't know what, what to do next or, oh shit, this is, this is the top, you know, I can't go any further. Did you ever experience anything like that in, in your career or was there a moment where everything changed for you? I mean, definitely, I think the retirement transition, that's one I'm really passionate about speaking about because I think that it's it's now becoming a topic that's talked about, right? I think a little more with mental health being at the forefront. Hmm. Uh, For me, yeah, that was that feeling of like, okay, I'm retiring from the sport of swimming. I didn't get to retire on my own terms due to health issues. And then it's like, well, how do I recreate breaking world records and and striving to be the best in the world that's over now? And I'm 26 years old. (laughs) So that was, um, yeah, that was, again, years of self-reflection, years of kind of sorting through everything, figuring out what makes me tick, uh, what gives me fulfillment. And, you know, it really did take from retirement to end of 2019 before I was kind of ready to embrace who I was for 20 years and, and kind of come back and, and speak more about it. Okay. Interesting. What would you say is your, has been your biggest physical challenge to date? And this might be a shock for a lot of people who. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously you've done tons of thousands of hours in the pool, some really tough sets, but I actually will have to say my pulmonary embolism just because of the amount of pain um, that I was in. And for those of you guys don't know what a pulmonary embolism is, because I didn't know before I was diagnosed with it, it's essentially blood clots. Um, so I had two of them in the bottom of my lungs, um, didn't know for about seven weeks, which was terrifying, flew with them, you know, the whole, so many things that could have gone, you know, really wrong and have me not be here today. But yeah, I mean, the pain felt like someone was stabbing me with a sword in my ribs over and over to the point where I couldn't even take in air. So I passed out. So that was, especially when you, especially when you have a health issue, you don't know what's going on. I mean, it's never awesome, even if you do, but just the kind of the terror of not knowing physically what was going on with my body when it was in such extreme pain, at least with swimming, it's like, okay, I know what I'm getting myself into. This set's going to suck. It's going to be really painful, but it'll be over at the end of two hours. Um, but with the embolism, it was just uh, something I'd, I'd never even experienced remotely close to. Okay. And with that, realizing that you had to retire in a life or death kind of situation, like how did you deal with that mentally? Or like, was there some really tough days that Yeah, I think, you know, I tried to push on. So I thought, you know, obviously the the blood clots went away and, you know, but there was a a big scar tissue buildup. So that year, just trying to kind of forge on and and having some really rough days, I, I ultimately, the reason I retired prior to 2016 was I was miserable every day. And the, and the point of making the comeback for 16 was to actually enjoy the process again and have fun and obviously work hard, but, but really feel passion with what I was doing. And it was the opposite of that. So yeah, I mean, it was definitely a a difficult one and, you know, really kind of worked with my inner circle to, to find that peace. But, you know, ripping away something you've done and something you identify with 
for 20 years is never going to be an easy thing. And yeah, I, I mean, countless hundreds of days where I was in tears and down and kind of trying to fight through to, to get to the other side. Mm. And just going back to the training, like to, to become a world champion, what kind of mental stuff do you have to do or discipline yourself in order to, you know, to reach those, those heights? You know, I think people ask that a lot of like, well, you must be so mentally tough. And I guess I think everyone can be that. They just have to find the right vehicle that gives them that feeling that they actually want to do that. Right. You know, nowadays, if I don't have something where I'm that connected to and that passionate about, yeah, I'm not going to put myself through hell and pain and all of those things. There has to be that kind of draw and that need that it's worth it to you. And so for me, that was swimming. And then that's why I was able to do it because I was so, so passionate and connected. Like you mentioned, I had such a need to become, you know, an extraordinary Olympian breaking world records, winning Olympic medals. And so now I kind of can actually relate to people. I was very fortunate to have that need at a very young age. And then when swimming ended, it was like, okay, now what, how in the heck do I find that again? And, you know, being able to, you know, give back and do speaking and run a, you know, my husband and I run um, a strength and conditioning program for swimmers. So being able to kind of use what I just developed for the last 20 years has kind of become Mm. my new extraordinary and my new way to be able to work hard and stay mentally tough and, and strive to be the best. Um, so yeah, I guess I, I wouldn't say that I'm, I don't feel like I'm that extraordinary when it comes to that. It's just, I was yeah. lucky enough and fortunate enough to find that vehicle that fueled me to be that way. Very good. And would you have, like, if there was one piece of advice for somebody who's setting out to do something extraordinary or something new, just to get out of their comfort zone, what, what would that be? I think just acknowledging and embracing exactly that understanding that there's going to be days where you're going to want to quit. There's going to be days where you're in in pain. There's going to be days where you're questioning why the heck you even started. Um, and, and I think just by the fact that you are prepping for that and aren't surprised by it makes such a big difference. And then I think the second thing is surrounding yourself with mentors and people that have your back, like really have your back, understand you to your core, are able to lift you up when you're down because there are days where you, you can't do it on your own and you might quit if you don't have them. So I was very fortunate in my life and still am with, you know, now a husband and a family and, you know, particular mentors in my life that have kind of brought me back to life when I've needed it on those days where I just couldn't kind of overcome on my own. Very good. And just on mentors, do you have a, a favorite book? Yeah. So recently, Jesse Itzler has become a huge mentor to me. Um, so his uh, Living with a Seal uh, yeah. actually got to see kind of where that all played out a couple months ago. So I would say, I mean, he is just encapsulate everything that is, you know, about toughness and experiences and and building a really successful, fulfilling life. And so I would encourage anyone to go and, and read uh, either uh, Living with a Monk or Living with a Seal are incredible books. I, have a, I follow him on Instagram as well, actually. Um, He's amazing, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Do you have a, a favorite quote that you live by? Yeah, I think it kind of comes along with everything, you know, with kind of embracing the suck and it's uh, crave the results so intensely that the work is irrelevant. So again, if that goal is just so meaningful to you, the work will just happen. You'll just do it. Like you just kind of, it's almost like you're just being pushed forward by, by this force that you can't even see. You'll just get it done because that result means that much to you. Super. We're just kind of coming to the end of, of the podcast now, Katie. So just one of the last questions was any other inspiring or interesting story? Um, my do over day set story. Oh yeah. So this is a story <laughs> that I actually didn't even realize was that out of the ordinary when I did it, but now I'm looking back and so many people are like, yeah, that's not normal. Um, so I, you know, we would always have, um, apologies. I live near a train and there's one coming through right now. Oh. <laughs> um, but I was, you know, doing a Saturday morning set and for swimmers, Saturday morning is just such a tough one because you've, you know, gone eight or nine practices prior, you're sore, you're beat up. It's early in the morning on the weekend. It, you, you don't want to be there, but you're there again because the result means that much more than, you know, the process. And, um, I did this set of, you know, 10, 200s, 200 yards, and I missed pace on every single one. I was so angry because for me, practice was everything. It was how I got mm. my confidence. It was how I, um, you know, made sure I was ready, ready to race. And so I was devastated and I, and I, you know, came home that day, uh, you know, ate breakfast and I was like, I'm not okay with this. Like if I'm standing on the blocks, you know, a year from now and looking back on this day, I'm not going to feel like I did every single thing in my power uh, to, to, to get to where I need to be. And I know I'm going to have regret. And that's mm. probably one of my biggest fears in life. Like I never want to live with regrets. And so I called my coach and asked him if I could come back that Saturday afternoon and do this set all over again by myself. And he mm. agreed. I went back, toiled through the, the set all over again and actually hit my paces on every single one. Um, and so that's just kind of like a lesson to myself a lesson to others of just never never um settle if the details are a little bit off you know you're gonna mm. regret it make sure every single day you squeeze every bit of effort and detail to perfection out that you can nice so what's next for katie Huff? what's next well my book comes out november 27th so really excited about that we've got some really fun events going on uh and just, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that people love the book. Uh, it's called Blueprint. Um, so really the concept behind that is, you know, everyone, you know, a blueprint is a design plan. Everyone's got a design plan in their life, but there, I don't think there's ever an architect that's built a design plan uh, that's ever, you know, not had to edit, pivot, adjust. And so, you know, my, my life and career has very much been, you know, adjusting and pivoting uh, my blueprints so that I can have the most success possible. Brilliant. Well, best of luck with it. Um, Katie, before we go, how could people reach out to you and follow your journey or get in touch maybe? Yeah. So I'm really big on my Instagram. So it's just at KTHoff7. A uh, fun fact about the seven in 2004, my first event that I made the Olympic team was from lane seven. So that's why there's seven. Uh, so that's my Instagram. <laughs> and then my website where actually my book will be sold as well is kt.com. 
or sorry, katiehoff.com. So K, the letter K, the letter T, hoff.com. Brilliant. Katie Hoff, thanks a million for coming on the bootcast and best of luck with everything. Hopefully we'll meet someday. Yes, sounds good. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks. Bye-bye. So I hope you enjoyed Katie Hoff's story, folks. US Olympic swimmer and how her chase for gold went completely wrong or in a different direction and changed the trajectory of her life. Thankfully, she seems to be doing great now with her public speaking career and recently just launching her own book as well, Blueprint. It's available on Amazon and they do ship to Ireland. So once again, thanks a million for tuning in, listening or watching the bootcast this week, folks, with Katie Hoff. Make sure to give Katie a follow on Instagram, check out her website as well and grab a copy of the book. And remember, please leave a review or rating wherever you do listen or watch the pod, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or on irishbootstrapper.com. Once again, thanks a million, folks, and remember, become the journey.